So we are going to, to launch uh, our web security session. Please uh, welcome Stefan. Thank you all. Um, I have not much experience with a microphone, but so if I'm just dropping it, I, you have to excuse me. Um, Title of my talk, Security and Self-Driving Computers. I googled for a good image for self-driving computers and this is what I found first. Oh my, as a German I can say that this is terrible. But fortunately I'm not talking about cars. Who am I? <clears throat> my name is Stefan Ising. Uh, you can uh, reach me as Ising on Twitter and GitHub. Um, I'm co-founder of a company called Greenbytes. It's a small consultant company for software development. And I'm a member of the Apache Software Foundation, especially of the uh, Apache web server team, since uh, 2015. And uh, in that year, I wrote for the Apache server the HTTP2 implementation, which was uh, now coming more and more into into widespread use. So self-driving computers, what I mean is uh, computers are updating themselves, they have auto-updates installed, and they also now take care about their own security, their credentials, their certificates. And they do this by themselves because uh, we need secure communication to not only our web servers per se, but to all different kinds of devices. There are more and more where we need this, the servers, the routers for configuration interfaces, for example, the printers, your TV, your headphones, maybe even the fridge, toothbrush, and whatever else will be connected to our beautiful internet. So all these devices <coughs> will need to update themselves and keep their credentials clean, so it's clearly not a task which we want to do manually. If you uh, Google for certificate has expired, you get close to 43 million hits reported by Google. So it's uh, quite a common problem in the past. And I don't know how many of you have ever obtained a certificate by filling out a web form at some CA. Please raise a hand who has done it. Well, some. And who has forgotten in time to renew it? Yes, that's exactly it. So uh, I'm guilty myself <coughs> because usually they had a, a, a validation time of a year or maybe two years and you, you just forgot because it's so long. So in like two years ago, I think, there was an initiative by the Electronic uh, Foundation, by the EFF, and they started Let's Encrypt. You have probably heard of it, and uh, maybe even you use it nowadays. So <coughs> just a small recap what it, what it is. It's definitely it's a certificate authority. So they issue certificates, and they have fully automated that process for you to obtain one. So they have a web API, and the API requires your client to uh, deliver a cryptographic proof that you own a certain domain. And then Let's Encrypt is willing to give you a certificate for that domain. Seems fair enough. 
And the whole thing doesn't involve any humans. The protocol that uh, the client talks with Let's Encrypt is called the ACME protocol, short for Automatic Certificate Management Environment. Just by pure chance probably came to this uh, abbreviation. It's a HTTP-based protocol, and it uses something called uh, JWS for security, which is a way of signing JSON messages in a secure way so that no one can alter the content of that message. And the receiver can verify that it's uh, from the right sender and not has been not been tampered with. And uh, Let's Encrypt started to develop this protocol and then also participated in the ITF for the standardization of that protocol. And what came out of it is uh, called ACME version 2 that has been, or almost has been, standardized. It's now stable. And <coughs> Let's Encrypt offers both protocol versions. They are slightly different uh, on their servers nowadays. They started with the version 2 uh, beginning spring this year. And other certificates, because it's a standardized protocol, other um, CAs are now starting to adopt it as well because they see all their customers, or a lot of their customers, going away to Let's Encrypt. So they need to do something, which is good for everyone, I think. So the ACME protocol has three ways for you to prove that you have a certain domain under your control. Uh, the first one called HTTP 01, that requires a certain answer on that domain on the port 80, so the standard HTTP port. So it requests a web resource with a specific uh, path and uh, requires the content to match a challenge it poses. The second one is TLS-SNI. That makes a HTTPS connection, so it works on port 443, and uh, requires that the server answers with a specific certificate, which again contains the challenge to prove that it's really the, the right one who is, who is answering. And the last one is a DNS, and that requires this uh, challenge answer to be put in a text DNS record under a specific prefix domain name. So it's like your domain name prefixed with ACME challenge. And for that, uh, then Let's Encrypt expects to find a, a text record with the answer to that challenge. So if it sees that, you can <coughs> submit your certificate uh, signature request, and uh, the server will uh, then sign it. And you have a certificate that is valid and accepted by all modern browsers. So you get the the green lock in your browser, your users will be happy. And uh, you have a secured website. In the beginning, uh, the EFS has developed as first their own tool. It's a command line tool, scripts named CertBot. You probably heard of it. And uh, they have different plugins to support different kinds of servers, like the Apache server or like Nginx or other environments. And uh, last year, <coughs> we had the idea of uh, 
placing support for Let's Encrypt directly into the Apache server itself, so it gets this part of the server is integrated and uh, shipped to everyone. And uh, we talked to the uh, certbot people, and they said they would be happy to have integrated support in Apache because what they now do is they try to parse all these Apache config files and try to understand them where are the virtual hosts for which server name and where do I need to change something. So they rewrite the configuration. And the server configuration can be a quite complex thing. You can have macros in there and all sorts of uh, things which makes this uh, parsing <coughs> very tricky. And uh, they would like to, they were glad to have an integrated thing which is much easier for them to do so they don't have to maintain their config parsing. So they supported us, and we applied for a grant at the Mozilla Open Source Support Program, and uh, got pretty fast. I think we applied in March, and end of April we got the the uh, the grant, and uh, started the development. We had an, uh, or I had an alpha out on, in summer last year, and now it's shipped as a in Apache 2433. Uh, the goals, <coughs> I call this module in, in Apache, you have uh, different functions in module which can be loaded or not into the server depending on your needs because it's a very, very flexible system. So this we also did as a module and I call this mod MD for managed domains. And <clears throat> the goal was to have this really good integrated, so it's very easy to configure for everyone, easy to use. You don't have to, should not have to uh, know really what this SSL protocol and all the different options are. It should be uh, quite robust because uh, self-driving computers, it should just recover if the Let's Encrypt servers are not reachable or if your, your internet connection is down, it should uh, survive all this without you needing to interfere. And it should, of course, <coughs> offer security and protect the uh, credentials, the private keys uh, for your certificates, uh, because that is uh, sensitive data. And it should have a short name, obviously. So last year we had uh, the ACME protocol not really standardized, so we developed on the version one of the protocol. And we supported the two challenge methods uh, via port 80 and port 443. And uh, we support RSA certificates. Uh, ECDSA keys are currently not supported, but that is probably one of the next improvements with some input from the security people. So <coughs> this module works tightly integrated with the mod SSL, which provides the HTTPS encryption. And what you, in your configuration, basically just write one line, M domain, and then your domain name. And the server takes care of the rest. It will... Uh, tell mod SSL that this is all the virtual hosts that belong to this domain is managed. So the certificates are to be obtained from 
modmd so you don't have to specify any certificate files anymore and uh, modmd will after you start the server then uh, contact let's encrypt and sign up and try to get you a certificate answer the challenges and install the the real certificate it initially <coughs> um, so that the server starts up installs a fallback a self-signed certificate just for the first it usually takes just a couple of seconds um, so that everything uh, starts up uh, <coughs> the goal is that any example you have uh, let's encrypt unreachable uh, that should not delay the server from starting up because you may have many other hosts which can be served where you already have certificate for and once the certificates are there you reload the server and they become activated so basically the the setup is you uh, configure this once uh, and then you can add either a notification command which gets invoked when a new certificate has been ob uh, obtained then you can mail yourself something or write a script <coughs> and does uh, some action or another thing safe thing is that you reload the server regularly maybe once a week um, the reloading in Apache means that uh, all ongoing connections are served uh, to the end so there's no interruption in the reload of the server uh, furthermore the module tracks uh, any changes you might make to your domains so example if you have alternate names for a domain you you add one more because you have a new subsite the module will notice uh, that you have now a need for a certificate which has another name in there and it will go against let's encrypt and get you a new one otherwise <coughs> it renews when a third of the lifetime is left let's encrypt gives you certificates for 90 days um, which is an improvement from uh, before when you had this one or two year certificates which you then forgot to to renew and uh, if you have a leakage or something <coughs> someone has uh, stolen your credentials it's a so shorter time that uh, this can be exploited so 90 days is the current thing I think the the overall goal is to make it even shorter to basically that your server has to prove its identity again and again and if something gets gets lost or corrupted it will just be a short time before this certificate is no longer usable so this 33 percent of the time gives you one month before the certificate expires and that should be usually uh, be enough to uh, get a talking communication with let's encrypt to get the next one <clears throat> so security which is one of the topics here in this conference the basic security in Apache is that you start the server for example on most Linux distribution as a root and <coughs> the server then the server process uh, spawns off reads the, com the configuration uh, for example also the certificates and the necessary keys for HTTPS and when it has parsed and uh, all that and understood it and it's correct it spawns off several children 
which serve the actual traffic using these certificates. And these children, the first thing more or less they do is they drop their privileges. So usually <coughs> you have the service started as root and you have another user, WWData, for example, on, on Debian or Ubuntu to serve the traffic. So you can have the certain keys just readable for the root user and not readable or writable by the WWData. And in that way, they are, even if your server may get corrupted or your PHP application gets messed up or whatever, they cannot uh, destroy or read out your keys. So for robustness, <coughs> ModMD, because uh, the sign-up can potentially be a, a process which can run a little bit longer if you have communication problems in between, um, saves all progress it makes. So when it starts renewing, it, it sets up uh, an order at the, at the Let's Encrypt server that it wants a new one. The Let's Encrypt server says, okay, here are the challenges for you to answer, blah, blah, blah. And <clears throat> all this progress is, is saved so that when the server starts up again, or the system is reachable again, um, it can recover from that point. The trick is that this all happens in the green boxes, so to say. So with less privileges, which is fine, because talking with Let's Encrypt is also uh, a communication with a foreign entity. So there could also someone uh, pretend to be Let's Encrypt and try to, to send some messy data back. Um, so this is uh, in the less privileged uh, server process. And if it <coughs> wants to save the data, it also at some point needs to save the private key it uh, had created for the certificate signup. And <coughs> if it stores the private key, then it would uh, lie on your file system and would be uh, readable by the WW data user. And this is something which we do not want. So the question was, <coughs> how do we protect these private keys, which the, the green part needs to read and write? And um, it's not also not only in, in when you have communication failures that needs to be uh, saved, but the server is also uh, restarting its children uh, regularly, depending on how you have, you, have, you have configured it. So some people configure the servers that after 1,000 connections, a child is restarted automatically. So if the <coughs> Let's Encrypt sign-up is happening in that child, it will shut down and needs to continue in another child process then. So <coughs> you need access to these keys for the green one. You need access for the parent process later on to, to get it in. You need access to other uh, child processes as well and the files are unsafe. So what to do? So I was thinking about, well, not saving it in the file or having some inter-process communication to send them back and forth and so on, but that seemed to be too much heavy lifting and too complicated. So what I did instead is <coughs> I generate on startup on the first time a random passphrase and use this passphrase to encrypt all the private keys. This passphrase is uh, read initially by the root process, so it can be kept in a root read-only file, and passed on in memory to the child processes. And the child processes use it to read and write, but if someone else gets 
access to the files, you will not be able to use the keys. And the green processes have a sort of a staging area, and this is like the area where they save their progress, where they save the keys encrypted. And when the server reloads, the red portion is in is active again and leads, for example, a new configuration if it has been changed. And it also reads the data from the staging area, looks if it is complete, has the staging uh, finished successfully, and if so, reads in the, the new certificates and the new keys and stores them in its data protected. There, they no longer need to be encrypted and are root readable only. And then the whole thing uh, happens again. So this is the, uh, the security model which uh, was fulfilling the, the goals I had with this. So you have a robust uh, sign-up process. You have uh, data which is uh, not easily accessible even if your uh, traffic carrying process may get corrupted. And uh, you communicate to the outside also not as the root user but as a much less privileged user. So any any weakness there can also is also limited. Is this good enough? <coughs> I don't know, maybe. Security is, as you know, never certain and someone might find a flaw in this. And, um, but I'm reminded of a, of a saying that uh, a ship in a harbor is safe, but it's not what a ship is made for. So Apache is made to serve your, your traffic in, a, in the best way it can. It doesn't mean that it is flawless in doing so because, I mean, there are security vulnerabilities always discovered. Um, I would like to, to connect a little bit to the talks from, from yesterday and this morning uh, regarding this. The, um, as, we, as we said in this morning, the telemetry data from Firefox, for example, is that HTTPS traffic is now over 70% and it's climbing. Because, <coughs> as was noted, uh, unencrypted sites are no longer trusted. If you have now a normal HTTP site with a form, you get a fat alert on the form that uh, you should not really enter data there. So the user experience gets more and more restricted. So everyone is interested in that. And privacy is good and Snowden and all that. And <coughs> you know uh, the reasoning for that. But there's another reason. The web is using HTTPS more and more. And that is the evolution. And that connects to the uh, talks from this morning with the deep packet inspection. Because the deep packet inspection is, has spread in the last years over the internet, everywhere, and it's hindering protocols from evolution. Uh, when I did the HTTP2 in uh, 2015, we did some tests. <coughs> Because uh, people like big operators, telecoms, they <laughs> would have liked to have HTTP2 also in the clear, unencrypted, because they have lots of infrastructure which analyzes the traffic and changes the traffic for your better improvements and <clears throat> other reasons as well. 
So they made experiences, uh, they made exper experiments. They used uh, several on the world, several Tor exit nodes to send uh, traffic back against their own server and <coughs> tried to make a clear text HTTP2 connection to their server. And this failed, depending on the location of the Tor exit node, 10 to 30% of the time because there were <coughs> middle boxes deep packet inspection, who knew how HTTP works on port 80. Of course, it's ASCII. Of course, you can just insert a header with a printf and, and, and so on and so on. So, <clears throat> and uh, these middle boxes are, are de facto is the case that the protocol can no longer change because there's too many data path in the internet where these boxes sit and just uh, break your new protocol, your changes that you do. So the <coughs> only way to, to really go around this is to encrypt your traffic so these boxes can no longer alter with, with it. And uh, <coughs> that was, besides privacy, the other reason why the browsers like Firefox and Chrome said, we only do HTTP2 over HTTPS because the chance of connections breaking and user having a bad experience is just too high with unencrypted. And <coughs> with HTTPS, it's working nicely. Um, the next candidate who will use HTTPS is which protocol? Anyone has an idea? Which protocol with you will use HTTPS next or is already? DNS. So the new one is H it's DNS over HTTP or DOE as the abbreviation goes, um, where people <coughs> prefer or, or DNS lookups over HTTPS are working much better uh, and uh, your privacy is also enhanced because people can no longer see what DNS lookups you do because all your lookups are encrypted. And you use a port 443, which is open everywhere. If you are in this guest Wi-Fi here, you only get HTTP and HTTPS, and everything else is blocked. So <clears throat> this is the internet reality for a lot of users. So if the internet wants to evolve, it only has HTTPS to evolve in. That's the only channel left where it can have some peace and try something new. And so I think you will see more and more protocols going in the HTTPS way because that's the only thing that uh, you can safely uh, innovate on the internet. And sorry for your deep packet inspections, you will have a hard time. And unfortunately, this also affects the malware uh, detection systems and uh, intrusion detections, but that's how it, how it goes. So thank you a lot. So we have time for questions. Yeah. On one of your slides, you mentioned terms of service agreement. Can you talk about how that's actually done and what happens if the terms of service for Let's Encrypt 
change. Okay. Um, the re you Let's Encrypt says like you have to read and uh, apply to our terms of services where there are your obligations that you keep your data secure and so on and so on is all stated. And um, what you do in Apache is you have one line of configuration. You say you give a URL of the of the terms of services and you say like uh, basically the agreement is this URL and with you adding this line to the configuration you state that you have read this and agree to it. So that's all okay. Um, this, if you have done this once, uh, any future changes to this agreement will not affect your Apache server. Let's encrypt stated like, <clears throat> we do not want to break all these automatically renewing boxes once they are set up. And if we change the terms of service agreement, <clears throat> they might send you an email because when you sign up, you, you give a contact email address, for example. Um, but they will not uh, interact. They will still give certificates to your client. One more question. No. Thank you very much, Stephanie.